Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever you're listening to this, welcome to Mission Driven You. This is a podcast for people who want to do well and do good in the world. And I'm super excited today because frankly, that thing I just mentioned, people who want to do well and do good in the world, that's what we're going to be talking about. That's literally what we're going to be covering today, which is the question of how we balance our dreams with reality. I don't know if you're like me, but I've got big dreams. There's things I want to do in the world. There's things I want to be in the world. There's things I want to leave behind. I uh, got a chance to visit with my grandchild not that long ago. I'm starting to see there's there's futures of me. <laughs> so like I, I want to be able to do big things. I have these passions, but I also, you know, have to pay my bills, have to pay the people who work with me. I have to, I have to keep things going. And so this question of how do we balance our dreams with our reality? How do we align our passion with our core needs of survival? That's what I want to talk about today. And hopefully we'll be able to come up with some interesting ideas and some and some ways to sort of move forward on this question of how do we balance our our needs and our desires and and make sure that our our needs are met but we're also moving forward on our desire you know i i heard just recently i heard a really good definition of success and i'm i'm pulling it up as we're talking cuz i want to read it to you Success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. I heard that in an old recording from Earl Nightingale. He was like one of the self-help gurus. And he said, success is the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. Well, many of us have these worthy ideals. We have these great ideas. We want to do something big, but we have to make sure we can survive doing it. And Frankly, I think this is maybe one of the most important questions we could be asking ourselves in today's world. Here's the reality. We have problems that we couldn't have imagined 10 years ago, 15 years ago. Other than the wackiest science writers and some futurists, nobody was imagining the entire workforce or big whole sections of the workforce being being replaced by artificial intelligence. Other than the scariest prophets of doom. Nobody was imagining floods that would wipe out whole towns in New England, (laughs) heat waves that would shut down the power grid in parts of the American Southwest. We've got these big problems, but we also have these big opportunities because for every challenge, there's an opportunity. For every threat, there's an opening. There's something new that we can create in the world. So I feel like this question of how are we going to make a difference in the world while making sure that our needs are met, I think it's a question that's really, really critical in today's world. And there's another reason why I think this is important. And I can speak from my own personal experience, which is that we know so much more about the human body. We know so much more about health now. We have all these new ways of living longer, better lives what are we going to do with that life? What are we going to do with those lives? How are we going to, how are we going to be significant in the world? You know, I was talking to somebody the other day and he's a a friend who helps me with a lot of my marketing questions. And that's what he was saying. He said, you're, what you offer to people is the sense of significance, the chance to make a significant difference in the world. 
So I want to dive into this question of how do we balance our dreams with reality? How do we align our passion and our survival needs? So here's, and there's different ideas on this topic, but here's the way it makes sense to me, which is that there are four questions we're all asking. All humans are asking at least these four questions. I'm sure there's other questions. There's other, you know, some people have three, some people have lists of five. To me, there are four key life questions that we ask. First of all, we ask ourselves questions about security. Do I feel security? What do we, what do we define as secure? You know, it's true that the average person living in a developed country today lives a life that would have been unimaginable to all but kings and even kings, you know, not that long ago couldn't have imagined indoor plumbing and just all the things that we've got. So the goalpost is changing, but it's still true that there are basic needs that we have to meet. Think about Maslow's hierarchy. How how are our basic survival needs met? How are the needs of our obligations met? So maybe we bought a house and now we have a mortgage. We bought a car and now we have a car payment. We have insurance payments. We have all these kinds of things. And this whole question of of security and survival. Yes, it's 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 somewhat of a moving goalpost in the world that we live in today, but we all are making choices based on whether we feel secure. We all are making question making choices rather based on this question of whether we feel like we're going to survive and that becomes our core decider really. It, when you, when we when we look at the way the brain works, We've got all of the conscious decisions that we make in our prefrontal cortex, the very, very clear, obvious decisions. But most of our decisions, frankly, are made in the subconscious and they're made in the amygdala. Like most of our decisions are made by, by our subconscious brain. And so this question of security, do I feel secure, is one of the key questions that we ask. And then secondly, I think increasingly we have the ability to ask the question about significance. What is my best contribution to the world? And this is, this is a fun question because I've I've been playing around with that lately. You know, so often we meet because I, I recently moved to a new location. Oftentimes we meet, you know, we're meeting new people and what's the one question we are almost preconditioned to ask, what do you do? Right. (laughs) I really hate that question. Can I be honest with you? I hate the question, what do you do? Because it limits that person to the job role that they play in the world. But I think there's a really important second question, which is, in. so the first question is, do I feel secure? And the second question is around significance. What is my best contribution to the world? How do I best contribute to the world? And I've, that's actually a question I've started asking as I'm meeting new people. I'll ask them that, like, what do you contribute in the world? And <laughs> sometimes, like, they're not exactly sure what to do with that. But, you know, that's a really important question for us to ask, because we all have a sense of contribution. We all have a sense that we're here to do something. And asking the question, what is my contribution to the world really allows me to get behind this concept of significance. And it allows me to begin parsing out the difference between significance 
and meeting my daily needs between significance and security. Like, what is my best contribution to the world? And then the third question is about impact. How do I want the world to be different because I was here? If you haven't read Ari Wallach's book, Long Path, I recommend that book. It's a a fabulous book. And it asks the question, how can we be better ancestors? So as the world is changing, as as our uh, health capacity is changing, we're realizing that we're going to be around a lot longer, but we also realize like it's, it's impossible to live in this world and not realize that we are in the middle of some cataclysmic problems, problems related to wealth inequality, to environment, to just messed up systems, systems that are collapsing all around us. And so this third question, how do I want the world to be different because I was here, really allows us to get into the question of how am I going to spend my days? I think it was Aristotle. He said that how we spend uh, our days, uh, I'm sorry, it's Annie Dillard, actually. She said, how we spend our days is, of course, how we spend our lives. And Aristotle said, we are what we repeatedly do. So excellence excellence then is not an act, but it's a habit. So this question of what am I going to do every day, every moment of every day, and how is that going to leave, what kind of world is that going to leave behind, I think is a really great question. And it allows us to now start to parse out, okay, I'm going to spend my day, what am I spending my day doing? Because the fourth question is this question about work-life balance. I don't even, I don't like that phrase. I'm going to, even though I just said it, work-life balance, but it's this question of, do my job and my daily life activities do they match my desires in those other three areas? Does the way I spend my day match my desire for security, my desire for significance, my desire to make an impact? And, you know, as I record this in 2023, we continue to be in the middle of the great resignation, even though maybe some of the data is changing a little bit on that. The reality is that people feel disconnected from their work. You know, two weeks ago, I did I did an episode on the future of work and the future of value. How do we create value in the future? And we're now in a place where we can begin to ask those questions, maybe in ways that we couldn't before, but we're also in a place where people feel the need to ask those questions at an ever-heightened sense. They feel more and more disconnected from the work they do, from the way they spend their day. And this this imbalance, it permeates our culture. We all know something is wrong. It's interesting. I was talking to a friend the other day, and he and I have some maybe some political differences, but what we both agreed on was the reality that people feel disconnected. They feel a sense of what sociologists like myself, what we would call enemy. They feel disconnected from, from communities, from culture not sure how to move forward. And if you're listening to this, it's probably because you want a mission-driven life. It's probably because you want a life of significance. So I want to talk today about, first of all, we're going to start with sort of five major considerations as you address these questions of balancing dream and survival. 
And then we're going to talk about, well, I'm going to give you five steps that'll help you begin to balance life and work. That'll help you give, give you a sense of balance in how you spend your days. So the first question is obviously the question of financial reality. When we're thinking about balancing our dreams with a sense of survival, obviously we you, you can't get far without addressing the question of financial reality. You know, if success is constant progress toward some ideal, then that has to include, among other things, just some basic security. And, you know, one of the things I share a lot with my coaching clients is that there is a world of difference between simple and easy. And if you want financial balance, it's actually very simple. Just spend less than you make. <laughs> and that can seem simplistic. And it's really the heart if you read, if you look at uh, what's the uh, evangelical guru, Dave uh, Ramsey, Dave Ramsey, that's it. Like you want to, you don't need to ever listen to a word Dave Ramsey says if you just spend less than you make, right? But there are ways to begin moving toward a, a sense of financial security that will allow you to balance your dreams and survival, your dreams and, and with your core survival. And to me, the way that's worked out and the way I recommend for the people I work with is really to take a sense of spirituality toward your money. If you haven't read, there's a great book by Lynn Twist called The Soul of Money. Also, or you could read anything by Ken Honda, just same last name as the car manufacturer, Ken Honda, who write on the spirituality and the soul of money. And so a first consideration when you're thinking about balancing your dreams and survivals with survival is, what does money mean to me and what do I actually need? If you've been following my story, you know that I've recently relocated from one part of the country to a different part, a part with a very different sense of timing and need. And it's been really great, frankly. I have been a regular at Goodwill. <laughs> my partner and I have been a regular dropping stuff off at Goodwill because the reality is we don't need all the things we tell ourselves we need. And when I'm able to balance a solid financial plan, I'm not advocating not thinking about money, but when we're able to balance a solid financial plan against a sense of desire for what we want in our life, then we can begin to create a financial reality that matches our dreams and our desires. The second thing I would suggest considering when balancing dreams and survival is to understand your sense of personal fulfillment. One of the things we've had to do as we've made this move is admit that we are both, my partner and I are both bookaholics. <laughs> the reality is that we spend a lot of money on books, but we also read a lot of books, several books a week. We love books. And so getting a sense of what actually gives you personal satisfaction and what actually matters and putting effort toward that. And that means even balancing the efforts toward your dreams in life. So I'll give you another example. I'm, I'm recording a couple of these episodes ahead of time because 
starting next week. I'm going to be on the road for two weeks. I'm visiting with friends in Canada, and then I'm going to Turkey for a week to hang out with friends. That is a, gives me a real sense of personal fulfillment. So when you think about it, ask yourself, what is going to get you closer to that sense of significance and toward that sense of leaving in a, making a better impact when you leave the world behind. If you're familiar with Vishen Lakhiani, he has, he has three really great questions. He calls them the three most important questions, which is what do I want to experience? What do I, where, how do I want to grow and what do I want to leave behind? And so that's one way you can consider this sense of personal fulfillment. What do I want to experience? How do I want to grow? What do I want to leave behind? So first is understanding our financial reality. Reality. Second is understanding our sense of personal fulfillment. Third is asking what makes us well. You know, as I've, if you've listened to this podcast, you know, I'm a person in long-term recovery, but even beyond that, I'm a person on a personal and spiritual journey to be well, to find wellness in the world. And so asking ourselves, what is going to best contribute to my financial, physical, mental, and spiritual and social well-being? Like what is going to contribute to the well-being of all of the parts of me? So really beginning to get a sense of, of what's going to make us well and how do I move toward that? For me, I go to the gym four times a week. There are other, I have good friends who are quite healthy going to the gym two times a week and then riding their bike. I have other friends who walk every day. So that's just one way of our physical well-being, spiritual well-being, meditating, things like that. Understanding the importance of our wellness and how that relates to our ability to find this balance. Oftentimes we we kind of know something's wrong, but we can't quite put our finger on it. And for me, at least, that's usually a indicator that one of those senses of well-being, my physical well-being, my spiritual well-being is out of balance. Maybe it's time to do some breath work. Maybe it's time to take a walk or get on the bike. Maybe it's time to just stop and calm down for a little while. The fifth major consideration when it comes to um, balancing our dreams and our survival is developing a rich sense of social relationships. If you have followed this podcast from the beginning, you know that we started out with a different name. We were called the revolution of interdependence because I'm so deeply convinced that interdependence is the antidote for so many of the problems that we face today. And so, you know, we often sort of, we, we face these questions, like how am I going to balance my dreams with my sense of survival? And what we often forget is that developing a rich set of social relationships that are based on mutual dependence they're based on speaking into each other's lives. They're based on being there to support other people. They're based on living a life of service. It's absolutely critical in balancing our dreams and our survival. And then when we get all those together, the fifth consideration is balancing our time and balancing our time in a way that begins to create a sense of synthesis between 
our desires, and our needs. Time is the most precious resource we have. And so finding a way to balance our time between our dreams and our survival needs also gives us a way of kind of moving toward that worthy ideal that we talked about before as the definition of success. And I've mentioned this in other episodes, but the way I do that is I, I schedule virtually every element of my life. If you were to open up my calendar, you would see different colors representing different parts of my of what I'm trying to create in my life scheduled into my day. And so when I wake up in the morning, my day is color-coded based on my desire for a balance between dreams and survival. So I spend you know, I have one color for work that I'm doing with corporate clients, one color, another, a different color for work that I'm doing with coaching clients, and then a third color for spirituality and spiritual development, yet another color for learning and growth, a fifth color for marketing development, growing my business, right? So managing our time on purpose is a key consideration in balancing these, our dreams and our sense of survival. Okay. So great. Well, okay. I'm, so maybe you're on board now. You're saying, how do I actually do that? Well, step one, just prioritize. I talk all the time about the difference, about the, the fact that something can be simple, but not easy. And oftentimes we struggle with prioritization, but you will never achieve a balance in your life between dreams and survival until you prioritize what actually matters. So questions like, what do I find significant? What's my best contribution to the world? Can you answer that question? Could you answer that question quickly without thinking about it? Can you answer it in one or two sentences? Years ago, there was something called a six-word memoir. And I haven't used this as much lately, but could you, could you put your desire for contribution into the world into six words? My, I used to tell people, I teach people to help others. That was my six-word memoir. That's the contribution I want to make to the world is to teach people how they can help others. So have a, a, a sense of priority. What matters to you and, and what is going to get you in that steady stream of progress toward your worthy ideal? The second step is planning and pre-planning is absolutely critical here. So the way I do this is every night, somewhere between 6 and 8 p.m., I decide how I'm going to spend the next day. And every Sunday, I visit, I have some, I use a tool called Lifebook. If you're from not, not familiar with Lifebook, they're not a paid endorser of this podcast, but I'm a huge proponent of them. So I have a sense of where I'm going over the next three years, over the next year, over the next quarter. And then I review my life book every week. So I know also where I'm going over the next week. And then I plan at night what I'm going to be doing the next day. And what that allows me to do is spend the bulk of my day in purposeful activity, purposeful activity that is leading me toward that sense of significance and impact that I want to have in the world. The third step is execution. And it almost seems silly to mention this. But I'm, you know, sometimes I feel like this podcast is a little bit of self-therapy too, because I'm a great ideas guy, but I struggle with execution. 
you know, as somebody with who has struggled with a lifetime of learning disabilities, that you know, those of us with ADHD, we got problems in our prefrontal cortex, and that's the executing, executing part of the brain. That's where our executive functions exist in the prefrontal cortex. And so finding little tools that allow you to move toward execution is absolutely critical. If you're watching this on YouTube, you'll see that I'm showing you my timer cube that has timers for 15, 20, 30, and 60. Some people use Pomodoro timers, but finding ways to work on your plans in a way that allows you to execute and finding ways that allow you to measure that progress. So you can look back at the end of every day. And one of the questions I, one of the things I do on a daily basis when I'm, or I should say at night, when I'm making out my schedule for the next day, the question I write and I do it on, on paper, I'm, I've been a little old school lately. I used to use a digital task manager, but I've been doing it on paper. And the question I ask is, what do I want to be true of myself at the end of tomorrow? So when I'm making up, say it's Tuesday night and I'm making up my task list for the next day, I say, what do I want to be true of myself for the next, at the end of the day tomorrow? And connected to that is the question, have I actually scheduled time to make those things true of me? You know, if Aristotle's right, that we are what we repeatedly do, then I'm, what I'm becoming is just a composite of all the things I did that day. Now, the fourth step is having a clear and repeatable sense reviewing your progress. And for me, I do that on Sunday, even though I'm not a particularly religious person anymore, I still think of Sunday as that day of rest. And it's the day when I try to recreate myself. We think of recreation, that's just recreation. I try to recreate myself on Sunday and that involves looking at my life book I mentioned earlier. It involves looking at my progress over the last week. I track some health indicators and I view those on Sunday as well. But really having a way of continually assessing your progress and your satisfaction levels is gonna help you continue to move toward this balance between your dreams and your survival. And then the fifth uh, step toward balancing dreams and survival is staying agile or adaptable or nimble, whatever you want to call it, but making changes as you move forward. You know, the whole idea of agile has gripped the corporate world, especially the IT world. Agile is just a way of developing that allows you to stay nimble and allows you to stay flexible and to change as conditions change. The best plans in the world, even if you took great notes on this episode and you tried to follow it verbatim, conditions are going to change. Things are going to come up. So remaining adaptable, nimble, agile, and making changes as you move forward. The most successful people I know are people who are committed to a plan, but willing to adapt as needed as they move forward. So hopefully this was a helpful uh, essay for you or hopefully a set of ideas for you, I guess I should say. You know, sometimes on the pod, when I'm interviewing guests on the podcast, one of the questions I often ask them, because I tend to get guests who are working on bigger ideas, not always, but like I, I interviewed somebody last week on the question of trust. And I asked them, if you were to look into the future for you know, 15 to 20 years in the future, imagine that everybody heard that episode and they 
tried to really embody those principles of trust? What would, how would the world look different? And that's my kind of my final challenge to you. We've talked about significance and impact and security and how to find the right balance between our dreams and our need for survival. What I want you to do right now is to imagine a time 20 years from now when you have really leaned into, you've leaned into your desire for contribution and significance in the world. You've leaned into the impact that you can have on future generations. What would that look like? How would you be changed and how would the world be changed? So I hope that's helpful. As a reminder, I um, am always interested in talking to people about coaching them through any of these issues. I offer individual coaching and group coaching, and you can go to willsampson.com and sign up to, uh, to talk to me more about that. I've got some interesting things coming up. I've got a workshop that's coming up in September on the future of work. So uh, keep a lookout for that. And I'm grateful that you spent the time here with me today. Thanks for tuning in and I'll see you next time on Mission Driven You.